So we're back in Argentina. We're in Mendoza. It's quite a quiet town. We stayed at a hostel. And the first thing we noticed was wine tour. You could book in a wine tour with the hostel. It's about $25. And for that, you would get taken around to three bodegas. You get picked up early in the morning. You get taken around three bodegas. So uh, you start off with a, a family run bodega, so quite a small one. Then you go to like a medium sized bodega. Uh, and then you'd end up on a, a effectively a, a, a big commercial bodega. So you get the best of both worlds or the three worlds there. But also you then, you'd have to cycle between the second uh, bodega and the third bodega as well. A bit of added excitement. It's about $25. Before we dive into the wine, I must say that we'd also tried quite a bit of wine in Chile as we were there as well. The quality of the wine in Chile, equally as good, and I guess as is with most wine producing nations, they would normally keep the good stuff at home. For example, I remember having a chat with, with someone, uh, we would be quite familiar in the UK with a wine called uh, Casiero del Diablo. You normally see it advertised quite a bit on TV. Uh, you can see it at you know, your supermarkets as well. The Chileans, or the ones that we spoke to, don't like that wine. They say it's a terrible wine, but it makes a, a, good, a good export wine because people thinking they're getting the great quality when really they're, they're not getting a great quality. Although back in the UK, we might perceive that as being a, a, a great quality. That's funny how that works. Uh, it's the same with, I think, it's Peroni, I think, uh, Italian lager, which in Italy is not really a, a luxury lager, whereas in the UK it's perceived as, you know, an upper-class lager as such. So, yeah, marketing perception is very interesting. Chilean wine, very good. And again, even the cheap, cheap stuff it is full of... It basically doesn't taste like vinegar. Happy days. Back to Mendoza, back to wine country. We thought we'd jump on the wine tour. Makes sense, not a problem, not an issue. Happy days. So we booked that in. We booked that in for the following morning. On the first day in Mendoza, uh, again, I want to say similar to Santiago, minus the pollution. You've got, you've got the Andes in the background. You can see them. It's about 25, 26 degrees now. It's, it's hilly. It's hot. It's quite a relaxed place as well. We decided to get a bus and go up to the uh, Parc General San Martin. Lovely part that we've been recommended to go to by the hostel people. And also to have a look at the Acero de la Gloria Monumento, uh, which is the uh, Army of the Andes monument up in the park as well. It's roasting hot. We got on a bus. We got a few weird looks from the locals. We're all in vests. Uh, we'd also met up with uh, a, a young British lady at the hostel. Uh, she was from Bournemouth, I think. She was on her travels as well. So she had joined us for, for going around the park and also she would join us the following day for wine tour. Lovely. And we got up and we got around the park, General San Martin. It was a wonderful place. Looked at all the monuments, had an ice cream, had a look round. And out of nowhere, we came across this massive, massive stadium, uh, the Estadio Malvinas Argentinas. Uh, remember Malvinas being the word for what we would know as the Falkland Islands. Massive stadium. And a few days before in the stadium, um, believe that Argentina, the rugby team, the Pumas, they'd beaten 
they'd either beaten Australia or New Zealand, one of the two, or they might have drawn the game. Anyway, it was a great result for Argentine rugby. And the stadium was effectively open. Massive bowl, as you would expect, brightly coloured, red seats, white seats, blue seats. We just walked into the stadium, we sat down in a couple of seats and just watched the grounds people do whatever they were doing uh, for about half hour or so. And then we left and walked back down to find the, to go back down to the hostel. But on our way back down, we noticed that a few street vendors were getting ready. You know, it looked like there was a bit of action happening. Didn't think anything of it. Didn't think anything of it at all. Got back to the hostel, got recommended a, a place to go and have great steak, went to have great steak. Happy days. Went back, slept, got up in the morning for wine tour. Now, we didn't have any breakfast that morning on wine day, purely because we knew that snacks and, and meats and cheeses and whatnot would be provided by each of the bodegas. Awesome. But over a quick coffee, we were looking at the Soccerway website, the website that we would use to find out what goes on. And we look at the Argentine results from the following night before, only a couple of games. But one of them was um, a team called Godoy Cruz. Never heard of them. And I think they were playing a team called Independiente from Buenos Aires, I think. No, I can't remember. But we clicked on Godoy Cruz and we're like, well, who the hell are Godoy Cruz? Where do they play? And to our horror, you know what's coming. You know what's coming here. To our horror, we clicked on Godoy Cruz and the picture, because on soccer where you click on a team and a picture will come up of the stadium along with the stadium name. The picture came up, the Estadio Malvinas, Argentinas. And we looked in absolute shock horror at one another because if we'd have known that there was a game of football going on, we would have gone. That would have been awesome to see that. And the game apparently was quite a good game as well, finished 2-2. And we just thought back and we looked back at the, the couple of street vendors there that were setting themselves up. They were setting themselves up about two o'clock in the afternoon. Game hadn't kicked off until eight o'clock anyway. So we hadn't thought anything of it. But yeah, we were a bit pissed off, I think, ourselves for uh, not doing a proper investigation, especially after seeing the damn stadium itself. Anyway, not that I'm bitter about it. It is what it is. But we did miss out on the chance there. Wine day was fantastic. Now, normally on these tours, they would, the bodegas and the, the, the tour people would set up for 25 people. So, you know, expecting a nice full house, a full crowd, happy days, let's have some fun, let's have a big group, let's have a laugh. We were the first hostel to be picked up. Got picked up, three of us, and next thing you know, we're on the motorway. So we said to, we said to the guys that were on the tour, I said, guys, we're on the motorway here, are we picking more people up? Uh, and they said, no. He said, you're lucky today. There's only three of you actually on the tour. He said, you're lucky because there's going to be a lot of meat, cheese and wine because they normally set up for 20, 25 people. But there's only three of you today. So, you know, we'd, we'd rather do the tour than not do the tour. So you're very lucky. In, enjoy what you're just about to experience. Whoo, my word. Uh, yeah, incredible. We were absolutely plastered by about half past 10 in the morning. We got to the first bodega and we, we forget the name of, of the bodega. I uh, do apologize. The guy looked a bit amazed that there was only three of us. Probably wasn't happy with the fact we were all English as well. But he was talking to us, funnily enough, talking to us about wine. 
go through the processes, how the family do it, when, you know, the family history of the bodega, how they set up, what went on, how they did etc. etc. I think we were there for about an hour. And it was a really cool experience. Now I don't claim to know a lot about wine, how it's made, how it happened, what happened. But it was talking about the different grapes in the different vineyards, and this one does that, and this one does that, and we've got a microclimate here. Fascinating stuff, incredibly fascinating. Got to tasting at the end. And again, you know, they'd uncorked uh, enough bottles for about 20 people. And this is probably why we were battered by half past 10 in the morning. The rest of the day was a bit of a blur, shall we say. The meats and cheeses were fantastic. We also ended up buying a few bottles from, from the bodega themselves. Again, bear in mind that we still got, you know, some good old Chilean pesos converted into the you know dollar resource. So we're still living on the cheap as such. From the first bodega, we went to the second bodega, similar process. And they were talking about the, some more commercial aspects of the bodega themselves. Again, I forget the name. Loads of wine tasting, reds, whites, you name it. We're coming up to a bit of, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe about 12 o'clock here and we're not paralytic. You know, on this one, we all agreed that we would taste the wine properly rather than, you know, down at the end, we would follow all instructions, you know, go through the proper taste testing process. So we've done all that. Now it's where the fun started because remember, we've got to cycle now between bodega number two, which is where we were, and bodega number three, which is the big commercial bodega. It wasn't a busy road we had to cycle on, and, and thankfully the other guys were, a couple of the um, tall guys were cycling with us as well. But rickety old bikes, three English people, getting burnt to the skin, approaching 30 degrees now, it, it absolute roasting. And uh, yeah, we, luckily we got to bodega number three without a scratch, but it was, it was tiresome work. We felt the sweat coming off of us, and a, a couple of wobbles on the bike. But we got there in the end, we got there safely. So we're now in bodega number three, and this was called Norton. Now the reason for the memory was, or the reason we remember the name is, uh, thankfully Aaron a little while ago found in Waitrose, darling, Waitrose, that you can actually get a Norton Chardonnay, which he purchased, and we had a, a glass of it. it. It's as good as we remember it to be. So if you're over in Waitrose and you want a, a good white, go to the South American section, Look for Norton uh, Chardonnay. Lovely. Serve it nice and chilled. We're at the big commercial one now. And because there's only three of us, the guys that ran Norton, the, the commercial aspect, uh, actually took us on a Horton and cart ride around the vineyard, which was great. Uh, Aaron was, um, say, riding the horse, but he was directing the horse with the... Somehow we got round the vineyard. Not sure how we got round there in one piece, but Aaron was guiding the horse uh, along with the experienced person who was talking about the vineyards at the same time. About halfway through the vineyard, we we stopped off, uh, got down, uh, opened up a bottle of wine, and it, this, this picture will live with me forever. We put the wine, the small glass of wine, on um, on the pillar. And in the background, you've got the Andes, you've got vineyard upon vineyard upon vineyard, you've got crystal clear sky, you've got crystal clear wine by the looks of it as well. And all these vineyards, the Andes in the background, 30 degrees, everyone's tanked, and just an absolute gorgeous photo. A wonderful, wonderful photo from a, a wonderful, wonderful place. Got into the actual Norton uh, 
production place itself. Again, loads more wine testing. And we got near the end. And to our amazement, we're all swaying a little bit now, side to side. We're not, we're not getting paralytic, you know, but we're just we're approaching that merry stage. You know, everything, you're having a good time. And we got to, we got to the end and look at all these big vats of wine and we're, you know, uh, tasting all these different wines and they've got a big hole in the ground where you spit it into, which is good fun. And the guy said that basically uh, lunch is going to be in about half an hour and we had a full, full meat cheese bread platter um, in the, uh, in one of the very posh rooms. But he said between now and then, he said, I've shown you everything you need to see. Uh, he said, you've got half an hour. This is how to open, you know, a, a vat of wine. You've all opened one. This is how you open and close it. Feel free to basically go and open and close as much wine as you want. Feel free. Uh, we'll see you at lunch in half an hour. Don't give that encouragement to English people that like having a drink. Wow. I really don't know how we ended up sitting down for lunch, to be brutally honest with you. It was mental. Again, we didn't get to the stage where we were proper paralytic. That would have been daft. But we couldn't believe what he just said. Go and help yourself for half an hour. Have as much as you want. Uh, we, we sensibly had a few glasses. Uh, just kept tasting loads of different ones again. But rather than spit it out, this time he actually drank it. Lunch was cool. It was very, you know, in, in the cellar with loads of really old, old school wines. Loads of meat, loads of bread, loads of cheese, which was great because it soaked up quite a bit of the alcohol as well. And it's about, this is about two, three o'clock now. Day's done, tour's done. We, we'd got away with one there. I mean, the tour would have been great with 20 people, 25 people anyway. But just having, you know, three of us there was a delightful experience to say the least. That was pretty much Mendoza in a nutshell. We'd done wine, we'd, you know, we'd done wine country. We had some great tasting, thoroughly enjoyed it. We'd missed out on football, which we were fuming about. We'd had some cracking walks around the various parks high on the hills. The scenery was brilliant. Everything you could expect from, from the city, you know, you would have got. And from there, we had an idea roughly where we wanted to go next. We knew that we were going to end up in Bolivia. We also knew that we were running out of pesos and we didn't want to stay in Argentina unnecessarily. We wanted to use up the pesos that we had. So we looked at a map and realised that, well, the best places to probably go would be up to um, San Miguel de Tucumán briefly. If not, then we go to Salta, which was the home of home of empanadas it's imagine imagine the cornish cornish pasty but with very light incredibly light pastry that's how i'm going to describe an empanada salta is the home of empanadas and um, we also looked at a map and saw that well we could stay over in a place called san salvador de hoy hoy and that's j-u-j-u-y which you silently pronounce so hoy hoy is good enough for us and then we could head over into uh, Bolivia that way. That's what we had in mind, and that's exactly what we've done. Uh, we parted ways with the, the lovely British lady whose name I forget. We parted ways with her, got on another one of our uh, famous long bus journeys, uh, ended up uh, going straight up to Salta in the north of Argentina. And that's where we're gonna pick up next time. We ended up in a wonderful place, but we ended up there at the complete wrong time find out next week as to why that was the case. Hasta luego.